The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the scripture upon which it was based. While the content is the same as the homily preached, it has been recreated for the quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord As a child, I remember being fascinated by the telling and retelling of a variety of stories that somehow involved the obtaining of and then squandering of three wishes. While the characters and settings changed, the stories always centered around an encounter of an otherwise ordinary person or a couple with a make-believe type being, be it a genie, a fairy, or a leprechaun, that grants them three wishes. Invariably, the person or couple given this gift use the first two wishes foolishly and create an intolerable situation that the third wish must then be used to remedy ultimately leaving them, although wiser, materially no better off than they were to begin with. I remember it was always fun to think about how my friends and I might have used such a gift had it been given to us. And of course, asking the obvious question as to why the people in the story didn't make wishing for more wishes one of the first three, and thereby avoiding the ultimate predicament they found themselves in. As I looked over the last part of this gospel reading today, it occurred to me that Jesus' instruction about asking our Father in heaven for the gift of the Holy Spirit is often underutilized and underappreciated. It's easy when we hear Jesus tell us that if we persist in asking, seeking, and knocking, we will receive, find, and gain entry. To think about all the things, both material, such as loaves in the night, and otherwise, that we may need. But to take this advice and focus simply on our needs of the day, money, food, interpersonal relationships, 
job success, good grades, athletic achievement, health and healing, is to miss the truly valuable and useful gift God is offering. For the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of a peace or portion of the very power of God himself into our lives, is in fact the gift that contains all the other gifts besides. For it is this gift of the Holy Spirit that can change our frame of reference, enable us to see as God sees, value what God values, and live as God calls us to live, free of worry, free of fear and anxiety, a life of confident faith in a close personal relationship with Jesus our Savior and God our loving Father. And while the gift of the Holy Spirit may not keep us free from sin, it makes us more aware of our sinfulness, moves us quickly to sincere repentance, and helps us to commit to avoiding sin in areas, circumstances, and relationships that set us up for sin. While it won't fill our refrigerator or write our next paycheck, it will give us confidence that the Lord will provide according to our actual needs. While it may not find us a spouse or best friend, it will empower us to grow in virtues that will draw us to places and times where we are likely to find others of similar faith and values. And while it doesn't guarantee good health, it will give us the patience and fortitude to endure the physical challenges that life may bring and the grace to see death not as an end, but as a transition to the awesome wonder of eternal life in heaven. The gift of the Holy Spirit is like one large gift box containing the many fruits and gifts we need as we need them. It's chock full of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. It's a long list, <laughs> frankly too long for me to remember. Every year at confirmation I live in fear that as the bishop is questioning the students about the gifts and fruits of the Spirit, that he's going to turn around after the easy ones have been taken and say, Deacon Joe, help them out, and I'm going to draw a blank. But thankfully, the truth is that receiving the Holy Spirit is no more dependent on knowing the fruits and gifts of that experience than getting burned is dependent on knowing that fire requires oxygen to stay lit. When you feel the heat, be it physical or spiritual, you know it. Because the Holy Spirit is a game changer, much more than just a list of gifts like some sacramental reference book on a shelf. The Holy Spirit is real power, the real active presence of God in our lives. And not just real power, but necessary power as Jesus illustrates using the analogy of a child asking for an egg and a fish to stress the spiritual necessity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is not an attractive, optional upgrade to our faith. It is basic sustenance. It's the engine that drives the car, not a luggage rack or a sunroof. But while we firmly believe that the sacraments of baptism and confirmation confer on the recipients the gift of the Holy Spirit, like a wedding or birthday gift put on the shelf and forgotten, if we have received it, but it is lying dormant, it is not active in our lives, it may be no more use to us 
than the squandered wishes. So I think it is no accident that Jesus' direction to ask for and receive the Holy Spirit follows his Our Father instruction on how we should pray. For the Lord's Prayer is a good template for asking God for anything, and that certainly includes the increase and activation of the gift he most wants to give us. We start out with an attitude of sincere praise and worship, hallowing his name and humbling ourselves before him. We see this even in Abraham's dialogue as he has the courage to persevere in his bargaining with God over the destruction of Sodom. He identifies himself as dust and ashes before the Lord, a view of self that for most of us today probably doesn't occur beyond that first Wednesday in Lent. Repeatedly, Abraham asks for God to be patient and tolerant of him, affirming God's lordship as he continues to press the matter at hand. Next is true repentance for our sins. And by true repentance, we are not simply talking about remorse for sin, but a sincere resolve to detach ourselves from sin going forward. And lastly, a submission to God's will for us and the world. For just as God created us to live in the tension of making choices for or against him, so too he will not impose his will on us through a spiritual power grab. Therefore, asking him to send us the Holy Spirit in a new and powerful way implies an openness to, and a desire for, his will to be done in every aspect of our lives. If we persevere in our efforts to be humble, repentant, and submissive before God, he will most surely respond to our request and pour out his Holy Spirit into our lives in a meaningful and powerful way. And so empowered, our ability to follow and walk in the ways of the Lord becomes more than wishful thinking. It becomes the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.